0: Welcome to New Books in New York City History, a podcast presented by the Gotham Center for New York City History and for the New Books Network. My name is Jesse Hafenogarskopf and I am a professor at the University of Michigan in the Departments of History and American Culture and in the program in Latina Latino Studies. Today I'll be talking with Professor Edgardo Melendez about his new book, Patria, Puerto Rican Revolutionary Exiles in 19th Century New York. It was published by Centro Press in 2019. Dr. Melendez is a professor emeritus in the Department of Africana and Puerto Rican Latino Studies and at Hunter College. He also taught for many years in the Department of Political Science at the University of Puerto Rico, Rio Piedras. He is the author of many books on Puerto Rican politics, parties, and the question of status. His publications are too many to list, but include Sponsored Migration, the State and Postwar Puerto Rican Migration to the United States, which was published by the the Ohio State University Press in 2017. Puerto Rican Government and Politics, a Comprehensive Bibliography, which was named an outstanding academic title by choice in 2000. Professor Melendez, it's a great pleasure to meet you and thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Jesse. The pleasure is mine, really. So your new book, Patria, uh, Puerto Rican Revolutionary Exiles in 19th Century New York deals primarily with articles and essays in a single very famous publication, Uh, For English-speaking listeners, what does the word patria mean, and how would you describe the newspaper that was called Patria in New York in the late 19th century? (laughs)
1: Uh, That's a very good question. Uh, In the preface, I have several pages explaining it in the text. I mean, the book has two parts. The second part is documents taken from patria, uh, dealing in several matters, dealing with Rican issues, right? Uh, 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 written by Puerto Rican authors, or dealing with Puerto Ricans in New York, or the struggle in Puerto Rico. The second part is documents, right? And one decision I had to make was how to translate the word patria, right? I I ended up leaving the word in Spanish for several reasons. Uh, when the when the translation came back, and of course this. This book is mostly a translation of, the, uh, of a book that I published about 20 years ago, Patria, Puerto Rico and Patria, right? Uh, when the translations came back, uh, Patria was uh, translated in, in many ways, nation state, homeland, fatherland, country. Uh, and I thought that didn't capture the meaning of the word Patria for these people, particularly for thinkers like Jose Marti, right? And there's a reason why the newspaper was called patria. And by the way, in the very first issue of the newspaper, uh, José Martí had a, an article explaining why, right? So patria is is, is uh, there are two words that I kept in Spanish. One is pueblo, which in the in the translation was translated as people, but it's not literally people, right? Uh, in the 19th century, these thinkers didn't use the word nation the way we use it, right? They would use the word pueblo, right? Pueblo was the manifestation of a people, of a group of, of people joined together by history, culture, uh, language, uh, etc. Right? Uh, uh, it's the people that constructed the patria, the, and the patria was a manifestation of the people. The patria was what made a people, uh, manifested the presence of a people in the world, right? And in the way of constructing patria, you would make the revolution and make a republic for that patria. So it's all interrelated, right? So patria, uh, 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 I mean, when I was deciding how to translate, the fatherland has this very chauvinistic meaning, right? A uh, country was not adequate, nation state, no, they didn't use this notion. Motherland, I thought about motherland, but then motherland, I, I mean, uh, homeland. Uh, uh, since early in the 21st century, we had this meaning of the, the Department of Homeland Security, which <laughs> is now fatherland. So I say, well, the best thing I I, I could come up with, let's leave the word patria in, in Spanish. Patria and pueblo, right? Uh,
0: so, so that's great. So um, thank you. Tell, tell us about the publication itself. So there's a, the, yes. the concept okay. of Patria is not exactly translatable into English, but has something to do with fatherland, homeland, country, nation. <laughs> yes, a... uh, ima- imagine community, uh, ima- imagine national community. Um, all right. And, and all right. so then there's this newspaper you mentioned, José Martí. What's José Martí's role in creating a newspaper well, and naming José it José Martí
1: has an outstanding presence in all this. Uh Patria is the newspaper founded by José Martín, more or less at the same time that he created, was the leading force in the creation of the Partido Revolucionario Cubano, right? Uh, the Cuban Revolutionary Party. Uh, the main goal of the party was to achieve the independence of Cuba and support the independence of Peru, right? So, Patria was, in a sense, the organ, although I don't like to say this, Martín never said that, but. It was a way of uh, spreading around, particularly among the Cuban and Puerto Rican uh, community in, in exile, the the boys, the, the spreading around the idea of not only the idea of revolution, but how to make it, how to make it happen. Right. So, in a sense, it was an ideological instrument of spreading the idea of why would Cubans and Puerto Ricans have to make a revolution, have to gain independence, right? Uh, Patria was also an organizer, right? In telling people what to do, in uh, uh, joining forces. And this is one of the most important things that Jose Martí did, right? After the end of the Second uh, War of Independence in 1878, the Cuban forces were spread out, right? In Cuba, in exile, uh, and there were social differences, racial differences, right? Within the Cuban uh, exile community. So what, the, the one thing that Patria was hoping to, right? Was to join all these forces in a common goal, the goal of, of independence. Well, if you can go further, the goal of making a patria, right? Uh, for which the republic was, uh, I an mean, independent republic was an, an important uh, stepping stone. Uh, so, Patria would, uh, during Marti's uh, lifetime, right? He would, uh, he would be killing Cuba in uh, May of 1895. Uh, from 1892 to 1895, Marti would be uh, the leading force in this newspaper, right? And the thing that got me to Patria. Was of course, uh, I was doing research on the linkages of Cuban and Puerto Rican nationalism at the end of the 19th century, a long time ago. Uh, and when I came to Patria, I was really surprised by the vast number of articles dealing with Puerto Rico and written by Puerto Ricans. So that was the genesis for the original book in Spanish, right? Which is basically uh, what had been translated by Centro.
0: Wonderful. Yeah, I was, one of my next questions was, how did you, how did you find your way to this, to this part of the project? Um, so just to, 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 to help listeners a bit, you know, Cuba and Puerto Rico were both colonies of Spain, overseas provinces of Spain at this point. Um, and there were side by side, but also interrelated nationalist movements in the two islands, right. the, the more effective of which was the Cuban movement, uh, which eventually was led by Martí. Um, so, so you you decided to start looking in the this what is basically a classic or the classic text for thinking about Cuban nationalism in the late nineteenth century, right? Because all of those writings of Martí in oh. patria get put into his collected works, and so and you know so everybody who wants to study the topic of Cuban nationalism can can find them. You decided to take to take a different approach to this text and to think about it as a a place to think about Puerto Rican nationalism, but also very early Puerto Rican immigration to New York City, um, which is really an interesting way of going about it. So tell me a little bit about the process of actually trying to find Puerto Rican materials in Patria, because I think probably many listeners are, are contemporary historians who think that when you want to look in a text, what you do is you go to a search engine and plug in the words Puerto Rico, Puerto Rican, and other variants, and then no. you get a bunch of results out. But I don't think that that's the way this <laughs> happened for you. So tell me no. about, about finding this material. And definitely not 20 years ago, <laughs> where well, there was no
1: internet. No, no, we have to do it. And I think you still have to do it. I don't think that uh, you, you can have access to- No, it's
0: not, time, right? it's not digitized yet. You
1: have been working on this uh, lately, uh, no. You have to do it the old-fashioned way. You, first of all, you have to find uh, a copy of *Patria* in the U.S. Uh, and I did find, I'm, I, I mean, after all, I was in New York City. Uh, uh, I found one, uh, Central had one, the Center for Breaking Studies, an old one, uh, Colombia had one, and I got one through the interlibrary loan. Uh, interestingly enough, there were big cuts in all those three copies of Patria, microfilms of Patria that are gone. So that's why I ended up, I I, I had to go to Cuba Uh, sometime early 90s. I don't remember, I'm sorry. Uh, And I went to the Biblioteca Nacional uh, to get the real Patria, which to my dismay had the same cuts. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently they had made the the microfilm cut, anyway. So no, you have to do it the old-fashioned way. You have to find a copy of the newspaper and go reel by reel uh, doing that, which is, I think, why nobody had done this before, right? I mean, before this, there have been several texts from Patria. For example, the collection of articles by uh, Sotero Figueroa, La Verdad la Historia has been published uh, before as as, as a text. And, And a couple of other articles, but most of the, Articles dealing with Perico were unknown to the public uh, until I published them and by the way, not everything dealing with Perico was published in my book right especially things that were not related to what I was interested in uh, now for the English version right this this uh, edition that had been published by Centro uh, when Centro asked me. What about the idea of translating this? I say, well, yeah, you do the translation. That's fine with me. So <laughs> no problem. But uh, I thought about what uh, what can I add to this book that'll be of interest to the public in the U.S., particularly to Puerto Rican and Latino uh, young people. That is what I was aiming for. Right, uh, the main market as a teaching instrument. Uh, so the original book has an introduction. This book has part one, which is the old introduction plus two new chapters dealing with first the history of Puricans in New York, the history of Pericans and Cubans in New York before 1898. And another chapter that came to my mind while working on this, what if you use patria to, to as a window? to what was happening in the community, at least what what, what came out in Patria, right? And that's the last chapter of the introduction. Uh, The Puerto Rican and Cuban community through the eyes of Patria, right? And here I deal with uh, meetings by the the clubs, right? The the Cuban Revolutionary Party was made of clubs, Cubans, Puerto Ricans, and, and many of them, including both Cubans and Puerto Ricans, right? Uh, uh, cultural events, right? Martí liked to write about things happening in the community. Um, uh, uh, Every issue of Patria included a classified ad section in the last page, right? And that showed me, in a sense, certain aspects of the community. For example, there were ads for professional services, doctors, lawyers, uh, teachers, uh lodging and one important thing since the very beginning of patria where could people find jobs in tobacco factories right and those were kept throughout the at least throughout the uh, the the early years of patria under Marti, right basically telling pericans and cubans uh if you're interested in in, in tobacco work which was perhaps the most important uh, 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 occupation at that time for this exile community, they listed the factories with the addresses. And by the that way, that's an important thing about Patria. Uh, it always included the addresses for the club, for uh, leaders like Jose, like Jose Marti. you knew where he was living at that time, et cetera, et cetera. So Patria became, a source of doing research, of having a view on this community, this exile community before 1898. And this is important because although uh, the study specifically of of the pregnant community has increased dramatically in the last 30, 40 years, the aspect of the history of this community before 1898 is still under the belt, right? We still need to do a lot more about, uh, uh, about the history of Puerto Rican and Cubans in, in, uh, before 1898, because there was a presence here before 1898, right? Uh, the presence of Puerto Ricans uh, in New York is not a consequence of U.S. imperialism, although of course uh, a 26th century migration is. But what I, what I mean is there were Puerto Ricans here even before the U.S. took over Puerto Rico. And, uh, and that's an important, I think it's an important aspect of, of the history of these people in New York.
0: Yeah, I'm I, I, so, so in agreement, and I think one of the really wonderful things to highlight about this book is that, although it start, starts out really as a project of thinking about Puerto Rican nationalism and, it's, and, and how you might think of this classic Cuban text as a source for, Puerto, for understanding Puerto Rican nationalism, with the really hard work of thinking about you know, the amount of work that it takes to read every issue of something that's mostly not about what you're looking for, but has a few <laughs> things that you are looking for, which I think is the methodology, like you say, people don't do it because it takes so much work. Why would you read something you know, that's mostly about Cuba for the few things about Puerto Rico, except that it adds up to a real contribution. But Sorry. then I really love the way that you move from there to thinking about this classic text, which is really, I think oftentimes is imagined really as an intellectual project of Martí's, and situating it in what is really a migration experience, right? That it was it, right? really directed towards a, a transnational audience, towards Cuba, towards posterity. But it was built on a set of relationships that were that were happening locally in which he really needed to nurture. Um, uh, and, and that brings us to, I think, one of these, the really also kind of central and, and compelling characters who you've already mentioned, which is Sotero Figueroa. Who, who, in addition to being a, a really important thinker in his own right, and um, was also a very close ally in Martí in producing the newspaper. So tell All us right. about Sotero Figueroa. Who was he and how does he figure into this, this book?
1: Well, Sotero Figueroa was, uh, was many things. Uh, he was a typographer. He was a writer. Uh, he managed Patria for many years, um, for many years while Martí was alive, for many years Patria was printed in Imprenta America, owned by, by José Martí in, in New York. Uh, the story of Sotero is very interesting. And, 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 and the, the story of Sotero is one of those mostly unknown stories in Puerto Rico. I think Cubans know more about Sotero because at the end of the war, right, when the U.S. took over Puerto Rico, Sotero Figueroa, like many Puerto Ricans who have been struggling for the independence of Puerto Rico, decided not to go back to colonial Puerto Rico under U.S. rule, right? Uh, Eugenio Maradioz, Sotero, Lola Rodriguez, and many others uh, went to live elsewhere. Uh, Sotero and Lola Rodriguez went to Cuba, uh, to live in Cuba. So Sotero is a very interesting story. He was a proteger of the, of. Uh, Valdoriot de Castro, Román Valdoriot de Castro, the main figure of Puerto Rican 19th century autonomism, right? Uh, the founder of the Partido Autonomista Puerto Rico, the Puerto Rican Autonomist Party, in 1886. Now, in reaction to the creation of that party came a vast uh, repression. It's called in Puerto Rican history, it's called El Año Terrible de 1887, the terrible year of 1887. Uh, after this event, many Puerto Rican autonomists, Sotero Figueroa, Pachín Marin, Lola Rodriguez de Teo, uh, left Puerto Rico, and in fact, not only left Puerto Rico, left autonomism and became supporters of independence in New York. And that's how Otero, uh, I'm sorry, Sotero, got to New York City, where, of course, he met uh, other Puerto Ricans and other Cubans, including. Uh, uh, Jose and Sotero Figueroa is also important because he was an important member of the party in New York City. He was secretary of, uh, of the Consejo de Cuerpo of New York, the organizing body of all clubs in New York City. Uh, he was a constant presence in the activities of the of the party, uh, and he was a close ally of Jose Marti, right? Uh, so Sotero is, is a very important figure, and um, one of the things that really um, I was uh, proud of is getting the story of Sotero, at least within the pages of, of Patria, out into the open to Puerto Rican uh, audiences. Uh, and Sotero was also uh, an Afro-descendant, which is very important. And I think you, did, uh, 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 I got to go over your book in Spanish. <laughs> uh, wonderful. I, I, I wish I had access to that book before, uh, uh, publishing this book. Uh, by the way, this the the the, uh, uh, the although this book was published in January 2020, uh, I finished dealing with this in 2017. So there's a lapse of years. <laughs> well, whatever research came during those three years, I had
0: no idea. Uh, <laughs> that makes sense. We we all we all have live in fear of the thing that's going to come out a week after we publish our book. Yes, have so useful. So intense. So I, I, I think um, there's, I want to pull out one of the, one of the articles that you include in, in the documents collection here, which is um, something that Sofiero our writes in uh, June of 1894, in response to rumors that are circulating in the city, or at least that, you know, what he sees as, as rumors, and he says, friends of Patia." In order to assuage the rumors, which, I should, which should not be dismissed merely because they are inclined to debase one's character or distort the rectitude of one's intentions, I feel a personal obligation to make the following declarations, and he makes four, but I'm just going to read the one. I am not currently the editor-in-chief of Patria, as has been printed, although I will stop not stop lending my humble support to the newspaper, which is the shining star of our aspirations. And I, I just wanted to ask you, you know, what you make of this statement. Do you, do you think that Sotira Figueroa actually was the editor-in-chief when Martí was spending all of his time going around and he's just defending himself? Or do you think the accusations are scurrilous? Well, <laughs> that specific incident, I'm sorry you asked me about that. That
1: specific incident <laughs> is, uh, is one thing I, I could never clarify. Uh, uh, By Martí's own recognition through his letters to Sotero, we know—I know—that when many times when Martí had to travel throughout the U.S. and Latin America, he was the uh, the the delegate, right? The 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 main leader of the of the party. Uh, He would leave Sotero in charge of the newspaper. That's—I mean—there is testimony of Martí about that. Uh, Why would this? happened, uh, I, I could never clarify. Uh, again, this is before Martí was uh, left for Cuba in early 1895. This is before Martí was uh, in Cuba. Uh, and this is important because Martí's death opened a second stage in the newspaper That's uh, and the party itself. That's when the more conservative forces uh, represented by Tomás Estrada Palma, right, the, the, the uh, who became president of Cuba, the first president of Cuba under U.S. rule. Oh well, under the Platt Amendment, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, uh, and he was very conservative and pro annexationist And that's when the, the 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 more revolutionary sectors of the party, are uh, in the newspaper left the party, including Sotero Figueroa, right. Uh, but <laughs> that incident is. is, is I'm sorry, I cannot
0: tell you more no. about this. Well, but but, uh, but I think what you did answer my question, really, because the question was really getting at the fact that he was—it's—he has this very interesting relationship with Martí, which is that he yes. is the person who takes Martí's handwritten ideas. Martí spends his life in, this, in his corner of his office scribbling all the time, and Figueroa is the, the person who he entrusts to take that and to, and to set it in type and make it into this permanent record that we have. And uh, you know, from my own work on, on these guys, we, I know that they they felt like typesetting was a kind of a sacred act of, of, of transforming fleeting written words into history. Um, but it's also clear from this this rumor that's spreading around, but also from the the, the letters that you cite by Martí, that Figaro did have a, a really important role yes. in, in actually thinking about the content of Patria. Um, And that helps to explain why he has so many signed articles, um, you know, which are all include, I think, you know, almost all of his signed articles, plus the ones that he wrote with Antonio Vélez Alvarado, who was also a publisher and Francisco González-Marín, who was also a typographer and a poet. Mm -hmm. Those are all in. And it's this amazing. I mean, I don't think that there's a source in Puerto Rico that could provide you with as clear a vision of late 19th century autonomista turning into nationalist thought as Correct. that set of articles that you've published. It's really Correct. very helpful. Correct.
1: And as you mentioned, it's important. There are many articles by Sotero Figueroa who were published unsigned. That, by the way, there were many sure. articles in Patria by Martí that went unsigned. But of course, Cuban researchers have been able to pinpoint which article belonged to Martí. Uh, that hasn't happened uh, for Sotero Figueroa. And we know also by Martí's letters that Martí will tell, well, you know, Sotero, I want you to write about this. This for the next number, for the next issue. So, you know, uh, we know that that happened. Uh, so, uh, the the writings of Sotero are still to be uh, defined, right? In terms of what he wrote for Patria, right? Uh, but I think it's it's very important because it, it gives you a window into. An early nationalist thinking that I argue would materialize in Puerto Rico with Pedro Albizu Campos and the Nationalist Party in the 19th century, right? This, this embryonic nationalism of people thinking about the right to independence uh, in, 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 those, in, 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 in that series of articles with Sotero, Figueroa, uh, Vélez Alvarado, and, and Marin, La Dominación y Independencia, there is this thinking about the right of self-determination, what we would in the 20th century call the right of self-determination. Uh, so it, it's, it's for me, it was like discovering all this vast source of, of things that I had no idea when I initially did this research uh, that came out in, in, in this book. Uh, and of course, at that time, I was trying to highlight the linkages between Puerto Rican and Cuban nationalism, which is important in Puerto Rico's history, right? Because there is this tendency of emphasizing nationalism in Puerto Rico, right? Without connecting how these people, uh, forced by history and migration or forced by common ideological uh, uh, schemes, were already thinking of a broader regional movement. Uh, for example, uh, I discuss in the book, and this is a topic that's been widely known for a while, that Puerto Rican leaders like uh, Ramón metero Betances and Angelio Mare de Hostos coincided with José Martí in this idea of an Antillean confederation, right? Independence was not only to achieve independence for Puerto Rico on this place and Cuba on the other side, but the, there was a posterior goal of creating this regional entity of the Antilles. And not only a regional entity based on common historical and, and cultural and ideological uh, factors, but also a political factor. For Martí and Betances and Ostos, it was as an obstacle, a wall to stop U.S. imperialism right? And some of the most important writings of my team, Patia, was precisely arguing this, right? Uh, this is not only our cause, this is the cause of Latin America and the world, because if the U.S. takes over Cuba and Puerto Rico, which it did, it's going gonna, it's gonna to move forward in, in, in its goal of building an empire. And so it did, as we know, right? So it, it, it's amazing what you could find in the, in the page of this news. Very little newspaper, by the way, which for many people, for me, for a long time, was an unknown source of, of, of history.
0: So this is wonderful. So um, the newspaper was founded in uh, March and April of 1892, Sorry. edited by Martí and with help from Figueroa for about three years. And then, as you mentioned before, Martí left New York went to join the fighting in Cuba and by May of 1895, so really three years after the founding, he's dead in battle. Um, and then by June of that year, Patria, the folks in New York finally are willing to confirm the rumors of, of his death because oh, right. of course the Spanish have been spreading rumors of the death of, of, of Cuban leaders for, for years uh, and, and not everybody believes them. Um, so um, I noticed that Figueroa's eulogy was on the front page of Patria and the day that the the newspaper. um, uh, So what does it mean that that a Puerto Rican, a Puerto Rican of African descent was able to secure this pride of place in this movement at this moment? What does what does that say about the movement?
1: Uh, That's that's one of the uh, articles in in Patria that really got to me. It it, it remains one of my favorite writings uh, on that. Uh, Well, that had many implications. First of all, they is is not completely known when did the people in New York found out about Martí's death. So it took a while for them not only to confirm that he was there, but also how to uh, how to make the uh, uh, the world know about his death. So that's why it took over a month for Patria, which basically was the official announcement of Martí's death, and um, the fact that the the front page article uh, in big uh, headlines was Immortal by, uh, by Sotero Figueroa. Uh, and that writing is very important because as many experts on Martí has uh, stated already, in this article, Sotero is capable of finding those aspects of Martí that came to be uh thing that uh remaining in posterity uh, about Martí's quality, right? This concept that Sotero explains here of, of "aunar voluntades," which the best translation I could find is join, "joining wills," the joining of wills. Right? How he was able to join all forces of exile—it's uh, very interesting. And the other thing is, I think this is one of the last issues of the newspaper where the old mighty sector of the party and the newspaper was able to publish an issue. Right? Uh, right after Martí's death, uh, Sotero Figueroa following uh, Rafael Serra, which you talk about a, a lot, the, the president of La Liga and others, created this other newspaper called La Doctrina de Martí. And it's interesting is that these Afro-descendant sectors in the party are the ones trying to keep Martí's thought from being polluted and diminished. By the new conservative forces that took over the party and the news and the newspaper party so it's very clear that this issue is very important this issue in general is very important right and this article is very important too i i uh, there's another article by jose uh, um it's a news uh, uh it's, it's a news clipping describing one of the meetings of the party afterwards and there is this uh, um, how you call it, the uh, presentation of, of Sotero Figueroa's speech. This is the event where uh, Estrada Palma is being named secretary of the party. And most of Sotero Figueroa's speech is honoring Jose Marti, right? Uh, and, and as truly the lighting guide of the party and the newspaper. So, uh, and this is very important for Sotero Figueroa, Rafael Serra, and many others the party was a Martiano party. The newspaper originally was a Martiano. And and the main thing was to keep the ideas of Marti about uh, about the struggle and about the the republic uh, in Borg. And one important uh, idea was the Republic for All. That that is, that no social class, that no specific uh, racial group was going to take over the Republic. The Republic was there to foment the prosperity of all Cubans, despite their differences. Uh, and of course, as we know, uh, that, <laughs> that didn't go well with the new leadership. And by the other way, the other important idea from Martín that went, went down the window the moment Estrada Palma to the party, was to keep the U.S. out of the, out of the Cuban struggle, right? Because, as my tea and others uh, uh, thought about it, right? Uh, once the U.S. intervenes in the Cuban War, does the end of, 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 of a real Cuban independence? And by the way, that's what, what that's what happened after eighteen ninety-eight,
0: as we know, right? So, in a, in a in a sort of sad way, that that wonderful piece, which in some ways is the kind of the pinnacle of this whole story of the 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 eulogy for, for Martí also marks the end of a period. And after, so. after 1895, Patria ceases to be as interesting a source for the kinds of things that you're looking at for. Um, it's, there's much less discussion of Puerto Rico by Cuban Correct. writers, but also the Puerto Rican writer, the most important Puerto Rican writers are no longer included in the redacción, in the, in the editorial decisions. And so uh, Sotero Figueroa in particular is, is, has to find other places to publish his, his work, which he does. Correct. Thank um, you. There is probably. one. There is one really, I think, beautiful piece from after that period, which is the, the eulogy that Francisco Gonzalo Marin wrote for his brother Wenceslau. Right? Oh yeah. Um, so tell us about that about that piece because I well, think it's really the highlight of the of that second period. Of you know, I don't know how he got it in, but they put it in, and it was
1: worth it. I'm glad you mentioned it that because that's one. Uh, that's another of my favorite texts in 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 patria. Uh, Francisco Gonzalo Marin is a well-known poet from Arecibo, Puerto Rico. Uh, he moved to New York after uh, 1887. And of course he joined the, the independence forces uh, uh, of Cuba and Puerto Rico there. Uh, this piece is very uh, uh, heartwarming. uh He is narrating how he met his brother Wenceslao in New York right? He was selling newspapers or, or looking for subscriptions to one of the newspapers he was publishing, he published that. Uh, and he found his brother working in a tobacco factory. And he was surprised that when law was in New York, right? Uh, now, he is writing this sometime after he got the news that his brother was killing Cuba, fighting for the independence of Cuba, right? So he is filled with all this guilt because as he explains in this extremely well-written piece, Uh, he felt guilty that he installed this independence favor in his brother, in his younger brother. And that's because he went to fight uh, in Cuba. Uh, So he is uh, expressing not only his love for his brother, but trying to, I don't know, uh, put out his guilt of what are the consequences of the struggle for independence, right? And by the way, of course, uh, many people know, Pasimarin went to Cuba, and he served for a while under the staff of, of Maximo Gomez, and he died in Cuba like his brother. So in a sense, is foretelling also the, the the story of of, of this brilliant poet, uh, Puerto Rican poet also. Uh, that for me is also one of my favorite writings. Uh, it's ex- of course, uh, Pachimarin is, is a poet and writer. Uh, so let me, let me tell you something, uh, Jesse. Uh, I have done many books. I have done many uh, research on many topics. But I always say that this specific research is one of the ones I, I have enjoyed the most, simply because I, I, I wasn't reading documents on migration from this and that office or documents from the US government. I was reading poetry in verse. I mean, I, I, mean, I was reading people like José Martí, Sotero Figueroa, Pachín, Marín, Lola Rodríguez de Tío. I mean, I said, wow, man, this is really nice. I wish all my projects could be like this. <laughs> of course, the hard work comes after, right? <laughs> Trying to do all this stuff uh, about producing a book. But it was really, really an interesting uh, research for me. Uh, uh, and of course, uh, after 20 years, uh, Central Press. I have to uh, acknowledge uh, Central Press for publishing the book in English. Right? Uh, without Central Press, they they uh, they they were the ones that got the people in per- the translation program in Puerto Rico, uh, the University of Puerto Rico. to do all the translation, and that, my friend, is a titanic uh, job. I I would never done that because the you're translating not only great writers like Jose Martí, but also the 19th century Spanish is very different from our Spanish. I mean, I was born and raised in Puerto Rico, so Spanish is my uh, uh, original language. And I sometimes had trouble reading that that Spanish. And particularly Martí, which like to construct all these complex sentences. I mean, it's beautiful Spanish. But man, I said, no, I, I, I cannot do this translation <laughs> work. Uh, so my kudos to the translators, they did a hell of a job in, in, in putting all this available to the English speaking uh, uh, readers.
0: And, and I think that that's a, a, such important work because I, I, I knew the book in Spanish. It was really helpful to me, but of course I'm someone who has a PhD in Latin American history and, <laughs> and study these things, right? <laughs> so I knew how useful this work that had been done to, to kind of recover this amazing material from this difficult to access uh, original resource. But now the book is translated and it's av- all these amazing stories and, and pieces that we've been talking about. And that I think are not just interesting for the researcher, but also for readers are Let available me, to English, English readers and to high school teachers and to college teachers. who are teaching students who may be Puerto Rican or Latino on the mainland, but who, who who's English for whom English will be their, the, the language that they're most comfortable working in.
1: Let me just say one more thing, uh, Jesse. Although this book is supposed to be about Puerto Ricans. I think the heaviest presence is that of Jose Martí. There's a lot of articles by Jose Martí. Uh, there's a section on the, on the party, right, which uh, coincides with the struggles of both Cubans and Puerto Ricans. Uh, and there are other sections dealing with, with Puerto Rico. Uh, let me just say one thing except for the article on the, El Tercer Año del Partido Revolucionario Cubano, most of the other articles by Martí had ha, ha not been translated into English. José Martí is, has been translated, but mostly in literature and poetry. So even for people interested in reading José Martí in English, this book will offer a window into many articles that appear in Patria that have not been able to, uh, that have not been translated into English so far. So it's a book not only about Puerto Ricans, but about Cubans and particularly about this specific Cuban Jose Marti
0: too. Well, I think that's a great place to close. So once again, the book we're talking about is Patria, Puerto Rican Revolutionary Exiles in 19th Century New York, which is published by Centro Press by um, Edgardo Melendez. Um, But you can also look for sponsored migration, the state and post-war Puerto Rican migration to the United States. Uh, which came out only a few years earlier and, and many other publications by, by uh, Professor Melendez. Professor Edgardo Melendez, I want to thank you so much for sharing your work with me and with our thank audience you. today. My
1: thank you to you, Jesse. It's been a pleasure.